How many of you have ever seen a movie that was a love movie? You know, one of those, um, you know, that love story movies. Okay, I've got three or four people here. You know, uh, I'm sure you could name a couple, you know, you, you know, like the, the Titanic ended up being this great love story. You know, um, another obvious one is um, the one called The Notebook. You know, uh, guys, we call these chick flicks. You know, uh, it, and, and, and ladies, if you've never heard that, um, I'm sorry. That's because a lot of times you have to drag your, your significant other guy there to watch him. But anyway, the, the true love stories. Now, there are some stories, some movies that aren't quite obvious in their love story uh, in it. For instance, uh, Braveheart. How many of you have ever seen Braveheart? Okay. Yeah, it's, just, it's the story of, of, it's actually the fictional, fictionalization of, of a story of, of William Wallace's uh, life and, and his, his fight against the English, the, the rule of the English um, there. Anyway, if, if you watch the movie, he, he, he gets married and... and uh, to make this long story short, his wife is killed on their wedding night. And uh, his broken heart is what pushes him forward. It keeps him going. And at the end of the movie, while he's being tortured, and, and you know, literally what happened was he was disemboweled and his head was chopped off. But at the end of the movie, I know it's pretty gross, isn't it? It doesn't sound like a real love story here. But at the end of the movie, as it's, as it's cutting in that final scene, you, you see this, um, this plot element of a um, scarf that his, his wife had at the beginning of the movie. And it's, it's kind of like, all throughout the movie, if you watch it, this scarf kind of appears in, in different ways. Like when she was killed, the person that killed her, took that scarf and, and wiped the blood off the blade, uh, you know, uh, with this, this, uh, this piece of cloth with his knife, you know. And if you watch closely, that, that blood-stained cloth gets passed from person to person. And then in the final scene, you kind of see this, this cloth there. And, and as uh, William Wallace is laying there, he he's, sees the crowd and, and um, he kind of sees his wife kind of like just a vision of her in the crowd in different places. But finally, as the axe does its work, this, you see this, this uh, blood-stained cloth ends up in his hand, and as, as he gets his head chopped off, the, he releases it, and you see it kind of just go down to the, to the ground in slow motion. And, and this, this cloth, this blood-stained cloth, kind of represented the, the hard-fought love that kept William Wallace fighting against English tyranny. Okay, it was like a reminder to him. So Braveheart is, is, is an unlikely love story. Kind of like what we see here in this book. In the pages of the Bible... When you read it from Genesis, really, it, it, you see God's love in the creation. But after Genesis 
three, after the fall of, of, of man, of humanity into depravity and sin, it, it's, it becomes an unlikely love story. A love story that is, <clears throat> even through betrayal and broken trust, God's love for us is, is, is shown through. And if you read from Genesis all the way through Revelations, you see this, this blood-stained thread of Christ's coming death. God made the, the first sacrifice ever recorded in Scripture is God sacrificing animals so that the, the, the nakedness of Adam and Eve could be covered. The very first sacrifice was to cover Adam and Eve. And from there on out, you see that blood-stained, the the blood-stained thread of Christ's coming, or Christ's death, all the way through. Excuse me. You see it all all the way through Scripture. And so... Let's just pause and let's just read or let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord God, for your love. How great you are. How great your love toward us is, Lord. And as we as we look into Scripture, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just illuminate these passages to us and let them come alive, not only in our in our eyesight, in our minds, Lord, but, but God, in our hearts. So that as we read it, it becomes real like never before. Give us understanding, Lord. And draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That, that blood-stained thread that you see from, generation, from Genesis on, is, is you, see, you see it all through Scripture. In the Old Testament, you see it um, when Abraham goes to offer his son Isaac on the altar, and then all of a sudden he finds a ram that is caught in the thicket, and, and, and he can offer it there instead of his son. You see that blood-stained thread when the, when the Israelites were being decimated by poisonous snakes, and God commands Moses to, to make a bronze snake and put it up on the pole, so everyone, everyone that looks at it will be will be saved, they'll be healed, they will live. And then you see that thread through the story of Rahab. As, as the Israelites are going through the desert. <coughs> Sorry about that. As you see that that, that scarlet uh, thread, that that, that blood Stained thread is seen there in, in the symbolization of a, a scarlet ribbon out her window as a sign of deliverance in, in Joshua chapter 2, verse 18. As, as the spies were there in Jericho, this is what they say unless we enter the land, you, uh, you, unless when we enter the land, you have tied the scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you have brought your father and your mother, your brothers and all your family into the house, you know, that thread had to be there. It symbolized, it's seen as, as, as a force, 
uh, a type of um, the, the forgiveness of Christ in, in the blood-stained cross. Okay, forgiveness is, is, is there. It's that blood-stained thread is seen throughout the whole Old Testament from the blood on the doorposts on the Passover night in Egypt to David's specific description of the crucifixion when you read Psalm 22. And, and in Isaiah's crystal clear assertion that the Messiah would have to die a gruesome death for the sins of humanity. The whole Old Testament. And if you read it, as brutal as it is, as violent as it is, there's this pulsating undertone of a love story that is unveiled in graphic detail when you get to the New Testament. You see, the, the, the gospel is the ultimate love story. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, I, this, this is my favorite verse in all of Scripture. Because it says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While, notice it says, while. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's demonstrated his own love towards us. God said to us, I love you so much, even though you are doing everything you, all, you can do to stay away from me, I'm going to do everything I can do to bring you close. I love you. Christ died for us because of the love of God. See, gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, G, God created us to be with him. O, our sin separates us from God. S, sin cannot be removed by good deeds. Let's go pause there. Sin cannot be removed by good deeds. There's nothing that you can do to have sin, your sin, removed, period. P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. E, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. And L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. See, the gospel encapsulates the whole story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. If you look at it, the G-O-S-P-E-L, those, 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 what I told you there, it kind of six scenes of a drama that have been unfolding from the beginning of time. There's six points that, that springboard us into to deeper conversa- levels of conversation. What story, what good story doesn't begin with once upon a time. Okay, all you Star Wars fans, okay, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, okay. But, you know, every great story that I remember is once upon a time. It tells the story of something that happened in the past. And once upon a time, God created us to be with Him. We are His special creation. Let me say that again. 
We are His special creation. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 2. Verse 6. Go ahead, I'll give you a little bit of time. Genesis chapter 2, verse 6. I hope you have your Bible. I hope you bring your Bibles to church. Actually, I hope you take your Bibles everywhere you go. But Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, the, very, the, the, the second chapter of the first book in verse, verse 6, it says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of, the breath of life, excuse me, and the man became a living being. I want you to, to picture this. I want you to, to think about this. I, I tell you what, when, when I read the Bible, sometimes I read it as this, though I'm getting immersed. In, and I hope you do this too. You get immersed into the story of the Bible. That, that you're like, you say, I'm there. So think about God in creation. Okay? And now he's, he's creating man and he gets down into the dirt. Picture God in the mud. Sculpting a mud man. Breathing into his nostrils the breath of life. And then Adam, all of a sudden, Adam becomes alive. And the first thing that Adam sees as he opens his eyes is the smiling, muddy face of the Creator. Genesis chapter 2 verses 21 and 22 says, The Lord God caused the man to, to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and, and closed up the place with the flesh. Note that. Keep that in your mind. He took one of man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. Think about all the story of creation. God spoke creation into existence. If you read the account and you're just going through it, you know, God said, let there be light. Oh, what did God create first? Well, he created light first. No, think about that. Before he created light, he created sound. And as he spoke light into creation, then he spoke other things into creation until he got to man. And when he, he, he created man, he got muddy with Adam. And then he got bloody with Eve. Very personal, very hands-on. He crafted his most precious creation. And that was us. God made us. He crafted us. He didn't speak Adam into existence. We're special. You're special in the sight of God. Because we were made in the image of God. In Genesis chapter 1, near the end of the, the, the chapter there in, in, in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Oftentimes, we, we, we struggle with knowing who we are. We have this identity crisis. 
I mean, think about that. How, about, how many of us, who are, who am I? That's one of the biggest questions that people ask. Who am I? And what am I doing here? What purpose do I serve? And the world is the one that's telling us who we are. Yelling at us in time of, of what we should be and who we should be. We're telling ourselves that we could never be. We have, we have an enemy that tells us lies. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You know, I preached, I preached a sermon series on this. Some of you may be letting a mistake or a choice that, you, that you've made in the past to answer that question. And maybe it's not something that you can laugh about. Because you, you know, sometimes we do things and then later on we can't laugh about it. But, you know, it might be something that's serious to you that you can't even get over. And, and it's, it's, you can't laugh about it. You don't like to think about it. Scripture says that we are, we are shaped by our thoughts. It's Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. And the, the, the enemy attacks your identity, your identity by deceiving you into believing lies about yourselves until you become what that lie says. But God is the one who gives us true purpose. He's our creator. And for believers in Jesus, he's our savior. Our identity is found in him. He's the one. The only one who can truly determine who you are. I mean, read the creation story. It's cool. It's, I mean, it's miraculous. You know, God said, let there be light. Let there be space between the, be space between the waters. Let there be dry ground. Let the, the land produce vegetation. Let the land produce living creatures, animals, and livestock, and everything that crawls on the ground. When you read the account of, of creation, there's, there's this whole series of let there be, and there was. But when God created us, it was different. When God created mankind, it was different. With all other creation, God said, let there be. When he created man, he goes, let us make mankind in our image. Got a $20 bill here. No, don't raise your hand. It's not one of those kind of illustrations here. If I take this $20 bill, I fold it up. What's it worth? $20. Okay. If I take it, I crumble it up. What's it worth? I go to the store and still buy $20 worth of stuff, right? Throw it on the ground, stomp on it. Still $20. Okay, still $20. If I take this $20 bill and throw it in the trash can, how many of you are going to go in that trash can and try to find it? Exactly. It's bought because it's still worth $20. Even in a trash can, it's still worth $20. Okay, no matter what you do to it. It's not $10 and $10. It's what? $20. Now I have to get some tape. But here's the thing. No matter what you do to this dollar or this $20 bill, it's worth what? 
Okay, so what happens if somebody is taking this $20 bill? I don't know where it came from. Okay, it's all messed up now. Still worth $20. But say somebody used it to buy drugs. And somehow I got it. What's it worth? $20. Doesn't matter what somebody else used it for. If somebody bought drugs with it and used it to snort cocaine out of it, it's still a $20 bill. If some guy used the same $20 bill to buy a prostitute, it's still worth $20 bill. No matter what happened, this $20 bill is still worth $20. Why? Because when it was made, when it was printed, it was printed as a $20 bill. Its worth was determined when it was made. The value was determined on the day it was made. And that will not change. Just like us. Think about that. Doesn't matter what has happened to you. You may feel like you've been folded up. You may feel like you've been crumbled up. Like you've been stomped on. But what God has created you for and the purpose that God has for you and what you are worth to God is still the same. It doesn't matter if if men have abused you or if you've abused drugs, what you've done or what's done to you. God loves you because your worth was, was determined at creation. Think about that. Whatever's going on in your life, God cares intimately about you because you are valuable to him. Because your value was determined when he created you. We're created in God's image. In his likeness. Now God has communicable attributes that we reflect. We can reflect some of the the attributes of God. Things like justice. Why do you think when we watch a movie, we always want the bad guy to get it in the end? I mean, come on now. We cheer that. Oh, yes, finally. Justice. We, we, mercy. Not only do we love mercy, but we need to give mercy. Reason. We can reason. And speech. God speaks. So we have that attribute of speech and, and love. God, God loves, so he's given that, that's, that's part of that image that God imprinted in our lives. Okay, but here's the thing. There are incommunicable attributes, things that we cannot reflect, that only belong to God. His omnipotence. He's all powerful. I don't know about anybody here who is all powerful. Okay. Omniscience. Now, I do know a few people that think they know everything. But we don't know everything. We don't know the beginning from the end and everything in between. Now, do we? We don't know the possibilities of what could happen or what. Man, we have a hard time remembering what we did last night. How about immutable? Being immutable. Immutability. People are going, what in the world is being immutable? That's change. God does not change. He's immutable. In other words, he does not change. The, the, the scripture actually says there is no shadow of changing in him. Okay? God is the same as he was 
back during creation. He's as powerful. He hasn't lost any power because he just created everything. Okay? But us, come on now, we change. We change. Some of us know that we change more than others. We change physically, emotionally, you know, our, our mental capacity changes. You know, we change all the time. I don't know about you, but man. How about this one? Sovereignty. God's sovereign. He is absolutely in control of everything. And I tell you what, we have, we have a hard time controlling ourselves, let alone everything around us. Amen? How about His holiness? His holiness. We cannot be as holy as God. Any kind of holiness that we have comes from God. It's just like righteousness. In ourselves, we cannot be righteous in ourselves. The only righteousness we got is, is, is because of, it's called imputed righteousness. In other words, it comes because of Jesus Christ being Righteous, that's how we get righteous. Okay? But God's holiness is something that we can never uh, obtain. I mean, there was, we were created by God for God. I mean, think about that. We were created by God for God. We were created to connect with God. In, a, in, a, in the deepest, most intimate level. Okay? Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Back in Genesis, I can see it. God and Adam talked all the time. I mean, you know, that, that day he was created, man, there's all kinds of things that happened. You know, I, I believe this was this intimate hand-in-hand relationship with Adam and God. We were created for that kind of level of intimacy with God. That's how it was meant to be. God wants to connect with you. He created you. He loves you. You are, you are different than every other part of creation. Because you're created in the image of God. And I'm not saying that just to bolster uh, you know, your, your self-esteem, but I am. I want you to know how much God loves you. But here's the thing. Look at each other. Literally, look at each other. Don't look at me. Look around. Look at each other. Look them in the eyes. I want you to realize... That everybody you see, everybody you meet, is created in the image of God. Everybody that you meet is is valuable to God. There is no special human beings ever created. We are all equal in God's eyes when it comes to, to who we are. God created us. In his image. That means whoever you talk to in in, in a way that demeans them. You're talking to somebody who has been created by God. 
And you are demeaning another human being that is created by God in his image. And God loves them just the same as he loves you. Mm. Every one of us. Every one of us has been created to be, have this intimate relationship with God. Every one of us was created by God to be, to walk hand in hand with God. And here's the thing as we close this morning. What is God trying to say to you? Has he reminded you today that you are valuable because you were made in his image? That you don't need to listen to the, the, the lies of the enemy or to the lies of anybody around you. The world, the flesh. Are you realizing today, for the, maybe for the first time, how much you are truly valued by God and how much he loves you? God showed his love towards us in this, that while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. He created you with a purpose, with a plan. God wants to have a personal relationship, one-on-one relationship with you, the creator of the universe wants a relationship with you. Here's the thing though, it's sin that separates us from God. It's sin that separates us from Him. And we cannot fix what was broken. No amount of good deeds. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church. It doesn't matter how many times you read the Bible. It doesn't matter how many times you give in an offering. It doesn't matter how many times you pray. It doesn't matter how many times you give to the poor. You could be, you could be the richest person on earth and give all your money to the poor. And those good deeds, those good things are never enough to save you, to remove that sin. That sin can only be removed because Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And everyone, and that includes you, Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. And that's when the life with Jesus starts. The very moment you trust him, that's when life starts. And it lasts forever. If you believe this, would you call on the name of of Jesus today and trust him to save you? Are you ready to do that now? I mean, it's a simple prayer. 
But it's you're putting your faith. It's got to be more than just words. A prayer cannot save you. The words are not what save you. There's no magic words that will let you get into heaven. But it's in that prayer, that expression of your personal faith, the expressed faith that you have in your heart to God. And it's through these words, your faith. In, 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 it's, it's a way of saying, thank you, God, for this amazing gift. And whether you're here in the building, if you're watching us online, God loves you where you are. And if you're ready to put your faith and trust in him, he can save you right now. Remember, God is the one that created us for himself. God created us. If you're ready to say that. If you're ready to pray that prayer. We're going to pray here in a few seconds. Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you, Lord God, for everyone who has heard this sermon, Lord. But it's not the sermon that saves, Lord God. It's only because of Jesus dying on the cross and being risen from the grave. That's what saves us. And we see that in your word. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your word has become alive in the hearts of people. And it's been drawing them to you through the Holy Spirit, Lord God. And Lord, as we we are about to pray this prayer, I pray this as we pray, Lord God, that those who have, have never spoken these words Lord, they just feel a drawing to you, Lord, that, that they, they, they would repent and turn from their sins, Lord God, and turn to you, their creator, that, that you created us to be with you. Lord, that as they begin their new life in you, Lord God, that life that lasts forever, that they would just feel your presence as you forgive them of their sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear God, I know that my sins have broken my relationship with you. And there's nothing that I can do that would ever change that. But right now, I believe that Jesus died in my place and rose again from the dead. I trust in him to forgive me for my sins as I turn from them and turn to you. Through faith in him, I am entering an eternal relationship with you. Thank you for this free gift. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Remember, God made you. God made us. 
to be with him. That's our purpose. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. And I'm going to say this. If you, if you ever need a, any help in your, in your relationship with God and your growing faith, you can, you can always get a hold of us here at the church. Uh, you can email us at middleriverag at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. It's very simple. It's middleriverag at gmail.com. And praise God, we'll help you. We've got stuff that we can, we can help you grow in the Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you once again for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that our worth is not determined by what the world says about us, what the world does to us. Our worth is not determined by what has happened to us. Lord, but our worth is determined by our creator, you. And you've created us to be with you. We've been created in your image. And Lord, as we leave this place, I pray, Lord God, that we would be reminded of this every day as we go through our lives. Let us look for opportunities, Lord, to bless others, to lift them up, to, Lord God, mend relationships. Lord, because we are all created in your image. We've all been created to be with you, to spend eternity with you, Lord God. So let our lives reflect that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.